This podcast is from heptagonclub.co.uk and paulcarenza.com. The Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. Seven guests, seven corners. On this week's show. I've had two or three chances to be rich, all of which I've blown through bad decisions. We need to negotiate more. Exactly. We need to be more balanced. Yes. I had to play all seven dwarves at the same time. <laughs> and your host, Mr. Paul Carenza. Hello and welcome. A uh, happy Easter to you, uh, if that's now when you're listening. It's Easter when I'm saying this anyway. So uh, very happy Easter. Hope you've had a nice time and you've had chocolates and eggs and, and all sorts of other glorious joy and general Easter goodness. So I'm churning out one more podcast that I didn't think I would get to before our big live show, but I thought, well, we have a chance. So um, let's do that. It's just another little knee-length podcast uh, to keep you going. So most likely you are listening to this after April the 23rd, 2017. If by chance it's before, you have a few days left to get tickets to the Heptagon Club live at the Bill Murray. That's uh, angelcomedy.co.uk for lots of details. £5, uh, seven-ish acts, including QI elf Stephen Colgan, Canadian maestro Tony Law, uh, comedians Rob Thomas, Ashley Blaker, Paul Duncan McGarity, storyteller Becca Barron, hopefully Robin Ince, Alexis Dubas, all there. Uh, the ticket link is in this episode description or on our Facebook group. If you tweet the uh, ticket link with uh, hashtag HeptClubLive, uh, H-E-P-T Club Live, then you can win books and DVDs and things like that. Um, but the most important thing is do come if you can. Uh, if this is in the future well beyond that, then in fact your probably podcast feed has all those uh, names already on it. Uh, so I'm sure they'll be there ready for listening after this one. Um, but we have some other very exciting guests coming up quite soon as well. Joe Lysett, uh, we're hopefully chatting to very soon. Ramesh Ranganathan as well. I'm still working on uh, Chris Evans and Demo O'Leary, but give us time, we will maybe get there. Uh, plus many I recognise stars of the comedy circuit, of my street, of coffee shops and car journeys, anyone I can bump into really, um, all receive an invite to our seven-sided club. In fact, if you want to be a guest, then do get in touch. Or in fact, if you bump into me and I'm chatting to you and you want to be part of this, do just say, because I've, I had a chat with someone recently who said, oh yeah, I'd love to do that. Great, let's do that. And, and they're on the show. So that's fantastic. Uh, we will work something out. I met many listeners, in fact, only the last week at uh, the Spring Harvest Festival. Hello to you. Uh, if you're a listener I met there, that was fantastic to just bump into you and someone said, oh, I listened to the podcast, which is very exciting. So uh, even lured along a couple of people I met there to be on today's podcast. More of them later. Uh, right now, though, first of our seven guests. If it's your first time with us, we have uh, seven guests per episode. And uh, right now, it's, well, it's the daddy of comedy podcasting. If you do not know this guy, he's a fantastic comedian. And he was doing comedy podcasts uh, before any of us had even heard of podcasts. He was there first. And his name is Dominic Frisbee. Oh, and um, come to the live show. Ah, oh, Dominic Frisbee. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Welcome to this seven-sided Heptican Club with our seven fantastic guests. Thank you. Um, Riding is there hunt. a centre of a heptagon? There is. Uh, well, there is a centre. Yeah, it's tricky. To, I suppose you, you draw no, all the it lines. In the middle. It, it should be in the middle. The centre is mostly in the middle. I think of everything, isn't it? Yeah. No. But no. But some like the centre of a triangle wouldn't be. Oh, I think it would be actually. You know, it's mm. often quite hard to locate the centre of a triangle. It is tricky, isn't it? But a he- I imagine a heptagon. I think being tr- seven sided. Yeah. Triangle is the trickiest thing, isn't it? To get yeah, a. But a heptagon, you would do. You could do a circle around it and locate the yes, thing. Yes, yes. Whereas a triangle you can't unless it was an equilateral triangle. I don't even know how you'd find the centre of a triangle. But of a heptagon, I imagine if you drew enough lines yeah. between all the points, you'd find something. Yeah, I think the centre of... Yeah. If, there was a, a hex, if there was a circle going around the points of a heptagon, mm. 
the centre of the circle would also be the centre of the heptagon. Yes. But that wouldn't apply with a triangle, unless it was an equilateral triangle. I don't think. I'm not sure. I thought you were the mathematician. Well, I was once long ago in the mists of time. But obviously you are the centre of the heptagon (coughs) club. So uh, (laughs) that answers that mathematical polygon question. We were going to be a hexagon, to be honest, but then uh, that's snooker, isn't it? So, uh, you know, the old uh, hexagon, they, they beat us to it, so... Which means I've got one more bit of work to do, one more, one more extra guess per week to find than the original yeah. plan for Did this Did I show. say heptagon? I meant to say sept, sept, septagon. It is a septagon. It's a hep- well, I hope it's a heptagon, because we call this that this is the heptagon club. But the heptagon, isn't, isn't that five? Pentagon's five. Heptagon six. Hexagon six. I th- septagon, presumably, is seven. I think you go, yeah, heptagon, hexagon, pentagon, square, triangle, line, dot. I imagine is uh, that's that's me reducing the number of <laughs> listeners until there is literally nothing left. Um, you're an experienced podcaster yourself, aren't you? On in many realms. Yeah, many realms. I the um, I, I first started podcasting. I did my first podcast in 2006, and it was a financial podcast because there was all these people talking about stuff to do with finance and the economy. And I all thought they sounded very interesting, and I wanted to meet them. But I knew if you wanted to like have an hour's consultation yes. with such a person, you would have to pay you know, £200 or something. Hmm. And so I started a podcast as an excuse to meet them. And and, and that did very well. And, and as a sign of kind of sideline while I was doing that, that, I thought I had this bright idea. I think the science of comedy, what goes into comedy is really interesting. Uh, and I thought it'd be really interesting to start a podcast talking about the art and science of comedy with other comedians. Nice. Called Comedians Talking. And I started yes. this podcast and, and it went very well for about two or three years. And then I kind of lost interest in, in it, one thing and the other. And then that was about 2008, 2009. And then about, mm. I don't know, 2010, 2011, Mark Maron and Stuart Goldsmith and yeah. Paul Carenza and well, all these other people started well, talking about Johnny it. Johnny Come Lately, yes. yes. Yeah, well, you had I was curve. the first. Yes. I was the first. Uh, but, and unfortunately, in order to keep the podcast up on the site, Podbean, I had to pay $20 a year or oh, something. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And resenting that yes. fee for something which was no longer existent, I, I didn't pay it and now... It is not even. It doesn't even exist on the internet anymore. Oh, oh lost, <laughs> lost to history. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, antique podcasting. That is, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, you but you still have the files, so clearly at some point I will have some of them when uh, when, when in, the internet becomes free in you know yeah forty years from now or something. We can only dream exactly. Yeah. Uh, more Dominic Frisbee in a bit because you know frisbees they keep coming back. That's boomerangs, isn't it? Uh, well, uh, here's another comedian and actor, in fact, Matt Green, who has done proper acting in TV shows and films and all sorts of things, uh, including Finding Neverland. Then have you seen that Johnny Depp film, Kate Winslet, and also starring a little bit below them on the pecking order, but that's not a problem. Featuring as John Darling, it's Matt Green. That was an insane experience. That was a big film. Great film. It's a really good film. Yeah. You know, we, we rehearsed those scenes... I was in the play of Peter Pan as John Darling, so the, the little company of the four actors. Right. Yeah. We sort of rehearsed the scenes for, for a week with a direct, the separate director, which was great. I mean, you'd never get that now, yeah. I suspect. But they just kind of basically the director Mark Forster, I think, is Swiss and doesn't 
he felt like he didn't really want to sort of have to direct the theatre stuff. He wanted someone else to come in and sort of direct the theatre stuff so that he could just sort of point the camera at it yes. and direct the other things that was going on around it. So we had um, Philip Philip Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Darling Buds. Of, no, yes. no, yeah, 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 him. He was our director, so he oh, sort okay. of um, came and did that. So we, yeah. we spent a week sort of doing intensive rehearsals. Um, me and the other the two girls in it, and Kelly McDonald, who was playing Peter Pan, and that was that was really fun. It was really nice. We got you know got to know each other a bit and stuff. And then we were sort of on set, and the first day we did on set was like actually the last scene of the film, nearly where. Um, the Caitlin's the character, they bring the play to her in her sort of, uh, in her house. So we walked on set and basically the first thing you know you see is this tiny room that we're going to perform in. And there's, there's Johnny Depp, there's Kate Winslet, there's Julie Christie, um, and there's all the boys who we knew were, the, you know, we knew would be there, we didn't know that we'd never met them. And it was just this incredible feeling of like, it's like an enormous set of Neverland behind them. Right. So, because if you've seen the film, like you know, the, 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 the sort of at the end of that scene, the walls sort of go up and then oh, yeah, walks yeah. into Neverland. And yes, that's, that's all. That was all real. So that was there. That oh, was right. all real okay. set. That yeah, there's yeah. no CGI involved. So yes. well, I guess there's probably some, but yeah, it's but... created. So. Wow. So that was quite an intense first yeah. experience of doing a day of filming. You know, that's something, isn't it? That's yeah. a big old, uh, yeah. big old thing. It was fun. Yeah. And I, the weird thing was, I was doing it in Edinburgh show at the time, mm. a two-man Edinburgh comedy sketch show we were doing an Edinburgh preview that night mm. in um, the White Bear oh, yeah, okay. in um, Kennington I think it right is. yes yeah. so lit tiny you know pub theatre 50 seater so I literally was on the set of Neverland yeah. surrounded by these huge celebrities and you know film cameras and everything you know, and looking at my watch going be back in Kennington and we were filming in Shepparton Kennington was a, I think it was an 8 o'clock star or an 8.30 star or something and the day was running on and running on and running on. And then there was a point where the second assistant director or first assistant director said, sorry guys, we're gonna actually have to, um, we're gonna have to do some late night filming so we're going to do overtime. And I was like, I'm not to go to my team. <laughs> thinking it's such a sort of weird contrast. Yeah. And, and, and I went over to him and I said, I'm really sorry, but I have been told, I was told I was gonna to be free by whatever it was, six yeah. o'clock or something. And he went, uh, I think you're gonna to have to ask your understudy to do it. And I just thought, <laughs> Stand up doesn't stand up doesn't really if only at work like fringe that. comedy doesn't really yeah, work. Yeah. You, know, you don't have an understudy. You don't have a <laughs> And in the end I did manage to make it, but I had to they put me in a car and I had to get a car a taxi from Shepton to the venue. And I was on the phone going, just like hold the show basically, because yeah. I was late. And it was the most bizarre combination of but that's what it is, you know. Yeah, it's still important. Those Absolutely are, both shows are important, they're just as important. Totally. So, so. totally. But really yeah, but when he said you're going to have to ask your understudy, I thought, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. I haven't really explained how small scale this is. You know? <laughs> have you not had an understudy all these years as a stand up? I've been trading up this little junior yeah, version of exactly. it. great. Well, Matt's off to mingle, but over in this corner we have three more actors. They're currently touring around in a fringe show called The Monk's Tale. More of that on a future episode. But right now, let's let them introduce themselves. I'm Anna Newcomb. Yes. And I'm Anna Nicholson. Excellent. And when we're together, we are known as Nukes and Nicks. Nukes and Nicks. Nukes and Nicks. <laughs> is, this, is this a double act yet? 
if, fast for coming. That's fast yeah, for coming. Yeah. I mean, and I like nukes and nicks. You're not even referencing. There are two Annas. You're not even doing that. You could call yourself the two Annas. We, well, we yeah. have what well, we have. Oh, 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 well, then we have a third Anna. You do. I'm also. Uh, I'm not called Anna. No, I'm called Cameron. Cameron. Um, Cameron Potts. That's correct. Excellent name, isn't it? It's a strong is, theatrical be, name. It's a really it? good name. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. open doors, but uh, it's a strong stage name. So, sure. as as actors, what's the weirdest thing you've ever had to do on stage or part? So I've played everything from Uganda, the country. You've played Uganda? I have played Uganda. Um, I think very convincingly, wow. actually, with quite a northern accent. Okay. So, yeah. it's, not, it's not Uganda, is it? It's Uganda. So, it's Uganda, to a um, so did a four-man version of Cinderella. There was Cinderella. There were the two ugly sisters, and then I played everyone else. Excellent. So, Excellent. Oh, Prince Charming, the fairy godmother, and Buttons. Nice. Now, I don't yeah. know if this was the same theatre company that we worked with, but I had to play all seven dwarves at the same time. <laughs> wow. wow. That's brilliant. How did my memory. How did you do it? Well, so I had a little a board with three different head holes. Um, it's like if you would play all seven members of S Club 7 with microphones that, and that, jumping between. I think oh, I would have yes. much preferred to do that. Mm. Mm. Well, look, I suppose the seven doors are quite easy. You know, sneezy, you sneeze. Oh, well, yeah. And um, Grumpy. Yeah. I mean, you're not meant to play a state, but that really speaks but for itself. But you play a nation state. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's very true. My, my um, weirdest four-person panto... <laughs> Recollection oh, yeah. would be wearing satin trousers to play the whitest Aladdin Wimbledon has ever seen. Right, <laughs> um, and halfway through the run, the satin trousers fell apart on stage. Oh, so I that's unfortunate. Yeah, I had to safety pin them for the rest of the contract. Was this a children's? Uh... It was children's. Oh, okay. right. So Nukes, Nicks, and Potts are on tour in a Monk's Tale. That's off to Edinburgh Festival uh, the summer of 2017. Uh, written, in fact, by last episode's guest James Carey. Uh, more on that in a future episode. Right now it's our regular bring a bottle opportunity. It's only polite at parties to bring something yourself and that varies week on week. Uh, This time with just days to go until our live show it is simply to come to that. Buy tickets at angelcomedy.co.uk. Our seven guests are there alongside the Cheap Show podcast so you get their podcast for free on the night as well and that includes a YouTube star called Ashens. So uh, there you go kids, professional YouTuber. That's one of those jobs that you can do nowadays that eluded my career's office at school. But then again, uh, so did Comedian. So if you can join us this Sunday, please do. And by tweeting Hept Club Live and the ticket link, uh, you can win a bundle of books and DVDs. So that's hashtag Hept Club Live. And if most likely you're listening to this after April 23rd, don't tweet about that. But do tweet about this podcast right now. That is what your bring a bottle moment is Tweet about this podcast. Tell your followers and friends to listen, subscribe. Just spread word of us. We are a very small venture. I personally set up all the drinks and nibbles and hope that seven guests will come. Uh, So if you're a quick downloader, it's the live show to plug. Get your tickets. If you're a later downloader, as it's most likely to be fair, uh, then just tweet generally about the podcast. Actually, it'd be lovely as well to hear from you. If you think we should do more live shows, if you want to get in touch, either on our Facebook page or tweet me at Paul Carenza, would you come to a future live show should we keep doing more of them do let me know right now here's more from that champion podcaster comedian and financial guru dominic frisbee i think podcasting is the most Mm. fantastic medium because it is a way of orally transferring knowledge or even hourly as in au as in through the ear and the human mind is actually the way we are physiologically made up we are better designed to absorb information through our ears because that is how knowledge has always been passed orally Mm. 
and you know the written word is only a in the context of human history a, a, a more relative a, a more recent invention mm. and actually although so, you know some of us are better readers than others but you know and some people are very good at absorbing information from the page but actually orally is an even better way of trans, transferring information so mm. you know for example i'll listen to financial podcasts and i and often I'll be able to take it in much better. Did you have a financial background before? No, sort of, uh... um, I've always wanted to be rich, and uh, I've had a, two or three chances to be rich, all of which I've blown through bad decisions <laughs> at key moments. Um, usually trying to be too clever by three quarters. But the 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 um, I had a bit of money, and I wanted to invest it, and I started listening to financial podcasts actually funnily enough and reading uh stuff online 2006 and of course uh, financially economically and also politically we're living through momentous times well totally we and also we need began to be with for... 2008 yes and everyone everyone said you know quantitative easing and low interest rates going to end with massive inflation where's it going to end and the where it's ended is political division and it's ended with jeremy corbyn and brexit and donald trump and Nigel Farage and Marine Le Pen, that's where quantitative easing has ended because the inequality that those monetary policies, uh, which are a reaction to the financial crisis, it was the inequality that those policies have caused have given rise to uh, you know, political extremism, so-called political extremism. I see, so you put that down to that. Completely. Right, interesting. And in fact, it goes back a lot further than that, mm. but it kind of, if it was a graph, it suddenly went a lot far, you know, it went a lot more vertical after 2008. I see, I see. I hadn't even put the two, those things together, don't. of course. You, you just don't, do you? you think no. it, it seems a bit more Jeremy Kyle on that, you know. <laughs> the Heptagon Club. Seven guests, seven corners. The Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. Now, Dominic Frisbee's got financial advice for us for a future podcast. Well worth a listen to that. We will be rich, I say. Rich! All that on a future episode. Now, speaking of returning guests, last week we welcomed Eric McElroy, great US comic and a news pundit. And here he is, once again, returning, fresh from telling news anchors what he thinks about the latest in US politics. I got a call because Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States, yes. was recently discovered, um, uh, does not dine with other women unless his wife is present. And also, if he's at an event in public... Uh, where alcohol is being served, he will not stay after I guess eight p.m. if his wife is not present as well, because if wow. there's other women there. I see. And this is because he's an evangelical Christian. Okay. And so this has to do with his faith and honoring his marriage and everything else. Right. So this has become a big. This he actually okay. mentioned this back in two thousand and two. Right. Okay. Um, but it's kind of just there was a piece that brought it back up into the to the main press. So this is either temptations or perception. Of, uh, one of the others. I guess both. Either, um, you know, you know, uh, either from his uh, loins uh, or from our minds. Well, either, you know, I mean, this apparently came out of when he was a congressman. And like, you know, uh, MPs, they work late nights. There's alcohol, boozy. There's people, you know, Monica Lewinsky again. Of course, you know, those yeah. sorts of things happen. And so he just had this rule. But apparently, because I guess he can't, has a low threshold for cheating, I guess. Okay. Or uh, I don't know what, in yeah. personal, you don't, you know, you don't want to, question someone's personal choices of their marriage and so on. But at the same time, then you think, all right, well, he's got two people on his staff. One's a woman, one's a man. He's going to have to pull an all-nighter. All yeah. So who gets the career advancement? Just as long as he doesn't pull an all-nighter. Yeah, or, <laughs> or maybe, you know, there's been congressmen that have had uh, time with their male colleagues Well, that's very well. true. So oh, I you don't could be tempted in either yeah. direction. So, so that's where it kind of becomes okay. maybe a gender sexist issue. 
mm. because it's so and, and you know uh, Theresa May if he, well I think there's a good chance Mike Pence is the next president of the United States well I suppose if, if there's a very very good chance if either Trump from, he goes his way because know, he yep. yeah either yep. by heartbeat or by impeachment yep. I think we're going to see okay. President Pence a long right, okay. time so Theresa May comes does he get to have dinner with Theresa May alone yeah okay I mean, he's not going to hold her hands, obviously. No, that's not going to happen. No. But so, what happens then? Does, no, he, have, no does he have to have his mother there? Yeah. Does he have to have a chaperone? You know, it, yeah. then it's then it's a real issue. And so, so I was on. That was my point of view. Then this, uh, the woman that I was debating with, she was from a conservative magazine in the UK. She's British, and she just said, "This is typical of the nasty left. They're attacking him for his values. They should leave the poor couple alone." Is that you? Is Are you the faith. nasty left? Is that you? I was apparently the nasty oh, okay. left. Right. She said nasty left so many times I lost count. Okay. I, I was trying. I was just. It was she went full in, and I've never had that experience on the BBC before. It's generally she felt like she was trying to be on Fox News, not right. not midday. It's BBC an audition for Fox News. Maybe. Yeah, right, she right. leaned heavy in and. Uh, trying to react to that was interesting because I'm not a I'm not very um, uh, I'm not an angry left no. you know I'm, I try to be reasonably moderate but I had to kind of come back and say well I don't think all of us on the left are nasty this is about the job yeah. and he's in the, one of the highest positions in America and I think his behavior and how he chooses to is is worth looking at and she just said I was the nasty left said, that was the nasty left that's typical of the nasty left and that's all that was her entire argument. Wow, the Foxy Truth, News. I think the Foxy pretty, News is the last nasty left. Pretty thin as an yeah. argument, but I mean, I don't yeah. know. As a man of faith, are you allowed to uh, dine with? Uh, I've never, I've I've never asked my wife or my vicar or my or God. I, I think. Well, I do you well, leave the, the room when you see alcohol being in the mind? I, I, I do a lot of gigs after eight pm where there is there is booze <laughs> in the room and the occasional female comedian or audience member. There are women out there, you yes. know. I hate to say. The way you said it there makes me wonder if Mike Pence invented this rule because they're going like, oh, we've got to work late again, Mike. I want to go home. Oh, it's this rule. i got to go. Yeah. You carry on work. I'll be pick up tomorrow. It's about you know. some of his friends. Or, I mean, yeah. maybe he just has, I mean, I don't think he, he's not, he's not the kind that I would cheat with, but maybe, I mean, he's attracted to this one woman, or maybe he just has no self-control. Well, if only we had a bona fide evangelical theologian here to weigh in on this. Is there a doctor in the house? Dr. Krish Kandire, indeed. Hey, Krish is fine. Can we call you Krish? Yeah. Fair enough. What's the doctorate in, then? Because my research tells me that yeah. you have degrees in chemistry and... <laughs> theology. theology. Yeah. This, the theology is the... How does, how does chemistry and theology overlap? What do they meet in the middle? Oh, really easy, actually. Well, when I did my chemistry degree, I specialised in the philosophy of science. Okay. And the whole question of how we know what we know and what we know what we know oh, yeah. uh, became really important. And so that was actually quite an easy bridge into the world of theology, where That's we're trying sweet. to figure out, actually, how do we know what we know about God? Yeah. And how can we communicate that with other people who might not Jeez. share that faith in God? So it's all it's figuring the world out, I suppose, yeah, it? whether totally. it's on a chemical term or... <laughs> so let's ask the chemist and theologian to unpick the potential chemistry between future President Pence and his... Femi workers, his collegians, his visiting world leadresses. Uh, Mike Pence. Yes. Uh, were he to become president, you know, heaven forbid if Donald Trump steps to one side or whatever, <laughs> but could Theresa May have a private audience with Mike uh, Pence? Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, in one sense, it's a bit of a moot point because if you are the president or even the vice president of the United States, chances of you not having a security officer anywhere near you is... Good point. ...is... You know, moot. You know, yeah. I can't imagine he's having any private meetings with anybody. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah but you like, Jeff, just step in here, please, mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's but, that point. You know, it's a tough one for me. The I, I, I get where he's coming from in the mm. sense of 
He's a he's a married man. He wants to be honourable to his wife. You know. a, oh, so he's a, he's a married man. I thought he's, he's a mad man. Yeah, no, a, yeah, okay. No, that's he's another a story. He's, a, a, married yeah, he's a married man. man. Yep, yep, so you right. know, I, I can get there's a kind of good motivation yep. behind what he's trying to do, yep. um, but you know, the idea that that therefore. Um, every woman is going to throw herself at him and is, you know, somehow an immoral person and, and therefore he needs protection from that. That's a challenge. Um, you know, I guess he's talking about his own self-control. Yeah. He doesn't trust himself uh, exactly. that way. So I, I get I get his intention, what he's trying to do. I, I guess I'd have a different way of trying to practice that. You know. Yeah, yeah. I suppose with great power comes great responsibility, as yeah, they and, say. And in, to be uh, honest, sometimes powerful man. men do end up in some pretty interesting situations. Well, true. So, you know, you need, Bill, you Bill need Clinton. You back a couple of presidents to see that, don't you? That's a fair point. But I always thought, you know, Sven Goran Eriksson, do you remember? Yes, um, yeah. Some very attractive women yeah. were incredibly attracted to him, and I, I couldn't see... Why? Yeah, yeah. So there, there does seem to be some aphrodisiac around that's, power. That's true. Yes. So whether it's the America or the England football team, <laughs> very comparable areas, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like if there could be a, a candid photograph of mm. their hand on someone's arm. Yeah. It's nine o'clock. They've both got a glass of wine. I don't know. But I think it's more. Is it more how it looks or more how they're tempted? I don't know. But but if it's because it's a job-based thing, that's why I think it's fair to criticise because yeah, it yeah. will impact the women. So you know, if he has an aide and so he's not going to ride in the car with her as mm. they drive to the something to repair because his wife can't be there. Yeah. Um, so that's where it has a legitimate political point to discuss. Yes. Or maybe that's just me saying that because I'm on the nasty left. But maybe I'll get more bookings if I Hopkins it up. You've got to Hopkinsize it. I just... Oh, yeah. God. You're going to be an angry centrist. Which, yeah, is... Yeah, is, yeah. is that possible? Furiously in the middle. We need to negotiate more. <laughs> exactly. We need to be more balanced. Yes. It's Come not on, equilibrium. No one's going to... No, that's why. That's why Brexit happened. Cause I know the moderates went. Ah, oh, that's what happened, and sat home. Yes, exactly. Anyway, well, thanks for having us. Oh, thanks for being good here. See you. Thank nice you for being up. part of this lovely Hepticon uh, Club. Yeah. And Eric has a special show celebrating, commemorating a hundred days of Trump, twenty seventh of April in Kings Cross in London. If you catch this in time. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is seven guests already. So my thanks to all, from comedian to actor to theologian, to you for listening. And all will return for chats in future episodes, along with who knows else we're going to get. Uh, it'll recommence after a short interval of a month or more. Expect Ep 10 probably in about late May, early June. Uh, right now, we're just back with a couple of these little mini episodes uh, uh, to tell you about the live thingy. If you can join us for that, please do. And if not, you can listen uh, to all of our guests as we uh, uh, bring them to you for a future episode episode. So if that date has passed, you can look me up on paulcarenza.com for future tour dates of my stand-up, including uh, my summer tour of navelless gazing. More of that on a future episode. Most immediately, I'm doing a show at the Miller in Elephant and Castle, a solo show Tuesday 9th of May. Catch that if you can. And I've got books online you can find out about as well. Hey you, as anybody said to you today, the music's by Rob Halligan. Do rate us on iTunes, please. Uh, join the Facebook group. You look positively beautiful in your blue and tell your chums, hey, go on Facebook now. Tell the world that you're listening. And we're back in a month or so after our spring-summer break. Goodbye and goodbye.